All right. Good morning, good afternoon, or good evening, everybody. Today is Friday, June 17th, 2022, and a very friendly reminder for those who happen to catch this episode before, uh, I guess you could say five to six hours from now, we will be doing a live stream at six o'clock p.m. Eastern Standard Time. I'm going to try and go for four hours because there's just so much exciting um, science data hypotheses to cover and things like this, but we'll be uh, doing minimum two hour stream. Again, it'll be a two to four hour stream. I know that's a bit uh, of a, a leap in vagueness, but all depending on energy levels and you know how we're we're doing in the moment relative to people in that uh, in the stream as well. With that being said, let's jump into it because we do have a few different things to cover today pertaining to global affairs and developments, and I wanted to give a little bit more of a, an attempted strategical analysis in this regard, simply because I think, again, what we're seeing is the derivation of a lot of um, consequences, repercussions, you name it, of potential intelligence-based activities. Not, I'm not trying to always allude to that, but there seems to be many unexplained loopholes in some of the... Um, I guess you could say some of the stories that we're going to be reporting today. So let's jump into it. So according to DuvarEnglish.com, the Turkish Parliament Commission has approved a bill seeking up to three years in jail for citizens spreading, quote, disinformation, end quote, on the Internet. Now, one thing I would say about this in particular, regardless of the political perspective in which you or I or anyone holds is very, very I would say this whether regardless of the nation, regardless of the culture, the people, and I would say this not in a bad faith manner, but in a genuine good faith manner, who is determining what is or isn't disinformation? And I really mean that. And that's quite a, um, I mean, look, I'm not naive. That's quite a rabbit hole to go down. We can continue to debate it over and over and over again, pertaining to the actual veracity, to the extent in which the definition could be defined. But it's like, I mean, it, this speaks to, again, the discourse that we as a society may be going through, which also speaks to the technologies moving much faster than the culture, which also speaks to, you know, the potentialities of us as human beings, particularly our leaders, at least on the surface, being able, uh, having in their possession certain technologies that they've only slowly disseminated using what we call planned obsolescence to prepare us for, uh, again, when I say prepare, that doesn't necessarily mean good nor bad, to be honest, but Again, we see things like this, and then we have to ask ourselves, okay, the technology in a social sense, in an epigenetic sense, in a, an ontological sense, seems to be moving much faster than the culture, and if it isn't, then what within the culture is causing this constant back and forth sway of emotional distress and attacks at one another? And when I say one another, I speak about people who do not particularly share the same views or perspectives. That's the perspective I would take before making any decision of any kind. Let's step back, let's observe, and again, unless we're on a bit of a time limit, which generally speaking, relative to the stories being reported, we aren't, although the stories and the headlines make us feel like we are, meaning they make us feel like we have a, um, we need to uh, react emotionally and very quickly to these headlines. Why not take a step back, think, observe, and then decide for yourselves. And again, that's what I do my best to do. And that's why I wanted to sort of um, get this this strategical analysis in the Kraken today out, particularly at the end of the week, because again, as we approach the weekend, and many of you will be spending time with your family and what have you, you know, uh, hopefully knock on wood, all that, or watching movies, playing video games, we can apply this same train of thought to those as well. This doesn't need to be exclusively applicable to, you know, the establishment media or even alternative media, to be fair. The next thing is that according to Disclose TV, uh, in leaked emails, celebrity journalist, uh, excuse me, this is according to The Gray Zone, if I'm not mistaken, and I believe its founder or co-founder is Mr. Uh, Max Blumenthal, who I have a lot of uh, personal respect for pertaining to his um, his 
intent and initiatives uh, to sort of go against the grain, if you will. That doesn't mean I always agree with him, but I think again that um, he's he's doing uh, he's doing some good work in my humble opinion. So in leaked emails, celebrity journalist Paul Mason seemed to extensively plot with Andy Price of the UK Foreign Office Counter Disinformation and Media Development Unit. What did they plot? Price's counter-disinformation unit has been cloaked behind a veil of near-total secrecy since its inception, and so Mason and Price sketched a blueprint, according to these leaked emails, for an information warfare outfit funded, quote, through cutouts, end quote, and modeled after the notorious Integrity Initiative. Mason pitched a, quote, Putin proxy watch, end quote, project guided by, quote, Infowar experts to attack bad actors, end quote, in the UK. Now, on the surface, this sounds fine, and it may actually be, to be fair. But my whole question is, again, to play devil's advocate, who is determining and to what extent are both Mr. Mason and Mr. Price determining what is or isn't, again, uh, not only bad actors, disinformation, and information war experts. I'm not leaning to either perspective. Not to. I'm really doing my best to not lean in any direction. The question becomes for me... Again, speaking to the concept of let's take a step back, let's kind of zoom out on the macro, as they say, and who is who is deciding what these words mean relative to the justification of the context within the prominence they're in? That's my question. What is occurring here that is creating a situation where we have to sort of get this emotional response and say, yeah, yeah, go after the bad actors? Sure, but who are the bad actors? And how do we decide who they are or are not? And I'm not trying to... Um, you know, the counter to that would be, oh, well, Dave, you're undermining the, the, the faith in, you know, the faith that people have in democracy. Okay, m maybe I am. So what? Why I can't ask a question? And, and I'll be honest with you, folks. I, I have to be very clear. Living in the West, I must also be, to play devil's advocate to that, I must also understand that I, compared to others around the world, have been absolutely privileged to be able to get up in the morning, go to the grocery store and have food there and things like that where others have not. But I don't think that should be justification to just kind of turn a blind eye to all and any actions taken by said governments that are uh, doing this in this regard. Now, again, that is not to say that I am going against or for this particular effort or initiative. For me, it's very simply, let's just step back and think, and what each individual decides is up to them. So, the next thing is that, according to Disclosed TV, Biden claims that the recession in the U.S. is, quote, not inevitable, end quote, and says the need for mental health in America has skyrocketed. I guess he means the need for mental health assistance? I mean, sure, and, and look, I'm not trying to pin this on anyone or any institution or anything, although we can, but if we, again, try and take a neutral perspective, regardless of the the directional leaning in which one has taken observationally pertaining to COVID. It, whether we were on the lockdowns or, you know, wearing the masks, you name it or what have you, sure, it's going to take a toll on people's minds. Sure it is. Whether for better or worse is not for me to say, but of course it's going to take a toll, right? Speaking of which, the Biden administration is weighing limits on fuel exports, according to Bloomberg, and there has been speculation as well. This part of the reporting I do not believe is from Bloomberg, but there has been speculation that the Biden administration's sanctions are actually hurting themselves more so than they are Russia. Again, there's the talk of, you know, the Putin price hike and all of that. There are some that sort of play devil's advocate to that, that say, again, this is not the Putin price hike. This doesn't really have anything to do with that. Again, I'm not an economist. I am uh, trying to focus more so on the mental, psychological elements of this. But all in all, I think, again, it's this speaks to the overall collective of feeling like you have to emotionally pick a side very quickly. And when I say pick a side, that speaks to almost every level of the micro and the macro. 
So the next thing is that UK Home Secretary Prati Patel has approved the extradition of Julian Assange to the United States. Uh, WikiLeaks, then released a, uh, WikiLeaks then released a statement. I know this gets quite controversial. A lot of people believe that, you know, Mr. Uh, Assange should be punished for exposing his, um, for exposing the, see, but again, I, I want to be very careful with how I word this because I don't want to, even on my end, um, drink the Kool-Aid, so to speak, without realizing what I'm drinking or even realizing that I'm drinking to begin with. There are many that say that Mr. Assange did nothing wrong. He simply leaked emails but, uh, you know, of high-level officials within uh, the military-industrial and intelligence complex and the State Department within the United States. And so the question becomes, if the emails leaked, why is that a crime? Well, again, I'm not saying that I have the full context in that regard, but at the same time, this speaks to the concept of, in pure theory, honest journalism, if you will. Why is this extradition under what grounds being, uh, you know, occurring? It's not for me to say if, if he should or should not be extradited. For those that want my humble opinion, honestly, I don't necessarily think he should be. But then again, my mind, and I'm not saying that this is something that you yourself should pursue, but my mind immediately wanders to was there any leverage that a, a potential agency may or may not had on Mr. Unsecretary Patel uh, to, uh, you know, sort of pressure him to uh, approve the extradition of Mr. Assange to the United States, right? And again, I, I'm not trying to ask that in a bad faith manner. I'm not trying to ask that in a good faith manner. I'm simply trying to neutrally down the middle, ask, observe, and attempt to view multiple perspectives. I want to say both, but that would speak to the duality of having to choose a side. Why there always has to be two, again, that speaks to something much larger in an archetypal manner in my humble perspective, but there you have it. So, the next thing is that China has launched its third aircraft carrier, which is the Type 033 Fujian. It is the carry, the first carrier which rivals the U.S. Navy's in terms of its size. Again, uh, I see this as a chess game, tit for tat. Could this be psychological? Um, could this be conveying a message of sorts? Sure, absolutely, it could very well be. Um, to what extent after that, it, for me to begin to speculate or extrapolate, I, I can't say because then we're basically using our imagination without any other set of data points, in my opinion. So uh, the next thing is that Germany is considering making masks compulsory in the country from October to Easter each year, Welt reports. I'm going to leave that there. I don't, I mean, I have friends in Germany. I have friends from Germany, beautiful people. This is speaking particularly to the German government or regime um, on the, the the political hierarchical structure of it all. Personally, I don't agree with that. But um, at the same time, to be fair, I am not a German citizen. It is not for me to say if any of you are, you know, European or have family in Germany, or maybe if yourself is in, are in Germany. Um You'd be more than welcome. I encourage you to, to continue to have this discussion in the comments section of this episode on YouTube particularly um, because there's no comment sections for, you know, if you're on audio, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Podbean. But point is, is that, again, I'm, I'm honestly, I um, my humble perspective, I'm not particularly in agreement with that, but uh, that's just me. The next thing is that the... Um, let me see here, excuse me, Russian natural gas flows to France via the pipeline from Germany have ceased, according to the gas transport operator GRT Gas. Russia's Gazprom will reduce gas supply to Italy by 50% today, says the energy company Eni. Again, who suffers? The average person, yourself, myself, particularly those that are closer to the vicinity of that location, but the idea, or even in those countries, but the idea is, again, it's a chess game, tit for tat, push, pull, you make a move, I make a move. And again, it's un the, the only people that suffer are yourself, myself, the ones at the top. I mean, they're taken care of. They got their security. They got their, their luxury homes, you know, you name it. And again, 
I'm not trying to make an emotional response in this regard, but at this point, I mean, if, if we can't see that in my humble perspective, although I could be wrong, that there's a class war going on more so than anything else pertaining to, again, the hierarchy and structure of things, I see, I see and personally think, in my humble opinion, this is an inversion of the way in which society should, I don't want to say should, but in my view, could do better if that makes sense. So again, um, the next thing is that according to FDA.gov, the FDA has authorized mRNA injections against COVID for quote, emergency use end quote in the youngest children under five. Biden calls the approval a huge relief. Again, I, um, I'm going to leave that there, particularly because that's quite a sensitive topic. I am not a, um, admittedly, I'm not a father, you know, that this is a little bit more of a, you know, uh, honed in perspective particularly for parents and i can understand that so again i I will leave that there that is up not that is not for me to say um the next thing is that france has started to ban outdoor events due to heat according to bbc.com speaking of which there's this whole thing uh, we see here on the right hand side for those on youtube this account cat turd although i must say not a verified account or anything but again not, not to go down that rabbit hole, we can even ask what does verified even mean these days, but we see here, if heat caused cattle to die, there wouldn't be any cattle left in Mexico. And then someone else replied, or Texas, but or Arizona. But again, I'm not pretending like I'm a geologist, like I'm a weather expert, anything like this. With that said, that is peculiar. So again, I'll kind of just leave that there as well. The next thing is that uh, according to, let's see over here, um, Disclose TV, and I believe as well, uh, Twitter, we'll see here. Yeah, Disclose TV, I think. Um, The federal minister for economic affairs and climate action, Habeck, from the Green Party, urges German citizens to save energy and wants to enforce energy-saving measures by law, quote, if necessary. Uh, Habeck added, quote, we can't go into winter with a 56% natural gas storage level. They have to be full. The American nuclear uh, end quote. The American Nuclear Society then made a comment stating, quote, Germany's energy crisis is self-inflicted. Uh, Energewind, forgive me for butchering that. Energewind, Energewind, forgive me, uh, is an environmental disaster. End quote. Again, this speaks to the potentiality of the American sanctions hurting those within Europe and the West more so than Russia itself. I could be very wrong about that, to be fair and clear, but you know. Um, yeah, it's not to say that I'm siding with Putin or Russia in this regard, not even not even close ideologically, but to me, ultimately, it seems that why would this statement be made if behind the scenes everything was all right? That's my only thing. And I could be wrong still, but again, that's the simple question I ask. Um, the next thing is that Boris Johnson uh, made a surprise trip to Kiev again to have another meeting with Zelensky. I think some other European Union uh, members or leaders of other uh, respective European nations were there as well just yesterday or the day prior to me recording this. I could be wrong, but um, yeah, I'm, I'm going to leave that there. <laughs> the next thing is that this is quite interesting. The final thing, rather, is that multi-billionaire Elon Musk has, in a meeting with Twitter employees, hinted at potential job cuts if his $44 billion US dollar, which is $35.8 billion euros, a takeover bid for the social media company is successful. He also addressed topics like remote working, freedom of speech, and potential extraterrestrial life, which is 
pretty interesting. Again, to me, that speaks to an overall collective of preparation in a drop feeding manner relative to those at the top that are familiar with the potentialities of what could come in a variety of ways relating to non-human intelligence. Um, Mr. Musk was talking to the staff for the first time since launching his bid for the firm in April. He has said he may quit the deal if he is not given data about the fake accounts. And I know many of you have been following that as well. So uh, there's this whole, you know, uh, Mr. Agar Parwal, if I'm not mistaken, uh, forgive me if that's that's not his name, but the um, the CEO, the current CEO of Twitter, if I'm not mistaken, forgive me if I'm not accurate in that regard, but he claimed, I think, only 5% of, of Twitter users were fake bot accounts when there's speculation from independent analyses, not saying this is correct, but speculation from such independent firms that it's closer to 30%. So again, um, there's also been speculation that certain people's, you know, almost half of certain people's fo Twitter followers have, are fake. I'll, I'll just leave that there. Now, what's interesting is that on a wide-ranging video call with Twitter employees on Thursday, Mr. Musk said layoffs at Twitter would depend on the company's financial situation. Now, what's interesting about this is that leaked internal Twitter employee group chats that have now leaked publicly shows what appear to be bias pertaining to the reaction of Mr. Musk purchasing Twitter. It's not for me to say if the bias is good or bad, as you could see as I wrote down here for those on YouTube, but there's clear bias regardless regardless of the direction it leans. And I would report this whether, again, if, if there were many people within Twitter that tended to be conservative, although based on what I've seen from this leak, and Elon even replied to that leak on Twitter too, saying, interesting, um, there seems to also be a, um, I guess you could say, a, a, there seems to be a very left-leaning perspective held. And there's, in my humble perspective, I do lean slightly more conservative, For uh, to be completely honest with all of you. However, if I attempt to do my best to take that neutral perspective, regardless if the people at Twitter, the employees were reacting in a good way or bad way relative to Musk purchasing Twitter. Again, I know we're all human, but in pure theory, one shouldn't really react at all. And if you do, holy crap, you're putting it in a group chat with your other workers and you got to see some of the messages that were put in that group chat. Like, it, it, I mean, again, and I would say this the other way around as well. So again, to be fair, it's my concern is more so that there is not a um, leaning in a certain direction, but my concern is that there's just an overall leaning, which there shouldn't really be. So again, that speaks to as well, you know, um, larger institutions, not just within the West, but around the world about the humans and individuals within those institutions and the human element that seems to break that good faith, um, logistical, um, I guess you could say, operationalized momentum within an institution, if that makes sense. Because again, it speaks to the concept of if you are tasked with the job of doing something that you personally in your personal home life when you're off of work do not agree with, how much will that that bias conflict with you and your actions relative to your work life? And it's a, it's a, it's a legitimate question. It's not for, I don't claim to have the answer, but again, it speaks to many different things in my humble opinion. So with that said, I would like to thank you all folks very kindly for watching and or listening. I hope all of you that do not end up being able to make it for the live stream tonight, have a beautiful weekend and we'll catch you all next week for another Kraken. Cheers.